while. Ew. <laughs> Just taking a big chug of tea. Yep, trying well, to clear the pipe. Yeah, we're we're like adults now. Usually it'd be like a big chug of a, a fucking 40 or something like that. But, you know, we're doing the adult thing. I got a nice yeah. coffee. You, got a you did swear right away, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, not that different. Look. It's it's adulting like my style, which is still just barely covering the uh, covering the um, you know, the levels of what, <laughs> levels of what it makes to be an adult. <laughs> well, and you're Australian, so it comes with the territory. Yeah, well, yeah, our, our prime minister probably s- would swear like a fucking maniac if they, if they'd let him do it on the at the G7 start summits that they're not invited to. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, getting political immediately. I like yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be that'll be the extent of it for a while. Um, so yeah, a lot's been happening. We had kind of offline for a while with, um, between myself having work schedules shift around and Vince as well. And then yourself moving across the country to start grad school, which is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Excited, excited, um, to work on this while in grad school. Cause, uh, hopefully be able to bring some of that into it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> or at least some hot takes. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you're, you're legitimately the most qual- qualified in this in this uh business out of all of us so Ooh. that's not saying the, the, a whole lot <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we all bring our own little unique aspect to it which uh, oh absolutely with me it's uh. just uh it's just uh witty banter and faking it till i make it as i said off offline about how i put the whole pod together so honestly uh. that's what every journalist is doing to this day <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, well, especially if, I mean, to dive right into it, I guess, you know, with all the news that keeps popping out lately, um, that is taking everyone just completely by surprise, which uh, starting off like this pod, we're going to talk a bit of um, NFL college, you know, say football of the gridiron type a little bit. And uh, this week we were all, well, first of all, I'd, I'd say we were all pretty shocked when Andrew Luck dropped his retirement news. We'll just start with that and then we'll roll into the fact Certainly. that maybe, maybe we should have seen it coming, but initial reaction was ob- obviously shock yes um it was shock but it's this is a guy that went to stanford and his dad played the nfl when it was much worse i think as far as helmets go and hits legal hits on quarterbacks and stuff like that so mm-hmm. he knows the game pretty well and i mean he struggled to get on the field a lot and so i it was surprising but i don't think it was shocking i guess i think we're gonna see this more and more yeah as well, we go yeah well that's a, what i was saying the initial shock after like we all sit down and um look at the facts behind it you and see how much time he spent off the field the uh the severity and the the you know frank frankly shocking nature of some of his injuries with what he had to deal with um you know, once you read into it a little bit and you look at it from a human level, it's not not all that surprising at all. Like anyone going through that in that kind of sport that maybe had other things in life they were looking at wanting to get out of it too. Um, you know, Tom Brady's still playing at f- 42, but his main goal is he wants to keep winning, whereas Andrew Luck probably just doesn't see that much at the end of the road for his career and has a lot of other life aspirations, which is absolutely fine. So... Yeah, when you look at all those factors, you bring all those factors into it, you know, retiring at 29 after making plenty of money in the NFL seems like the smart decision. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's a smart guy, obviously, Stanford degree, and he's tougher than nails. Like, I think it also comes down to the fact that they just never invested in that line in front of him, and so he's just taken hits after hits after hits. 
that's something that's saved Tom Brady's career is Mm -hmm. his ability to get rid of the ball so much. And that's part of being a really good system. And part of just being a really good quarterback is, you know, knowing I have a five step drop and I know exactly where I'm going to put this, where I look at the defenses when you don't have a line like that and you can't take a five step drop comfortably, you know, you're getting hit and having to tell the guy nice hit every time, which Andrew Luck did, Um, you know, it's a little bit different. You might get a little tired of it, especially when, and we'll get to the fans in a, in a second, but you know, when different parts of your body are failing you and you're having to have surgery all the time, you know, that catches up to you pretty quick and you kind of get tired of that life of being on painkillers. Not that I've ever done it, but I'm guessing he's tired of, you know, going under the knife all the time. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, um, yeah, I, I'd see him with the Colts. There's not much, uh, especially looking at the next few years for him. He probably didn't see much, uh, much changing, uh, apart from more rehab, probably getting, trying to get back on the field, getting hit again, more likely getting injured again, because, you know, as you build it up, build it up, you know, scar tissue doesn't go away all those you know you can rehab from an injury as much as possible your body's still not going to be as good as it was pre-injury usually regardless of medical sciences um there's always going to be that little bit more risk of injury and i just can't imagine i can't imagine what it's like to do it obviously because um my professional sports ended at about 15 which was (laughs) (laughs) they they, they were far um, from professional (laughs) Look, I felt I felt pretty professional about it, but you know, I was going to training twice a week and uh, going to school the rest of it. So, um, yeah, I just remember playing Legion baseball um, the summer before my sophomore year, and like playing a game every day, and your arm just hurts. Like mm. it just never stops hurting. Like you warm up, you try to warm up your arm, it still hurts. I can't imagine playing football for however. Probably Andrew Luck's been playing since he's probably eight. So mm-hmm. his arm has been throwing footballs that, like almost 22 years. It's probably pretty sore and, you know, he's had surgery on it. So, yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah. And, you know, athletes and it's funny how we talk about quarterbacks in a completely different way that we talk about any other positional players. Cause, um, Rob Gronkowski just retired in the off season and he was ce- that, celebrated yeah. for the, and he retired at the exact same age. Now he's gotten the, Obviously, had a bit more success in his career, but that's actually beside the point when it comes to talking about retirements. He's retired for the exact same reason, essentially. Um, Absolutely. He's come out and said he lost lost the love of the game because of all those things. Um, so, you know, if, why is it different for Gronkowski to retire for the exact same reason uh, when he, arguably, you know, he was obviously in a lot more protected position at the Patriots than um, standing behind a non-existent line and getting decimated like Andrew Luck has been for the last few years. I mean, Gronk, Gronk does take a fair few hits. He did a lot of yeah. He got beat. Did up. a lot of heavy lifting, but um, the Patriots did try to protect him where they could. Um, whereas he couldn't say the same. Yeah. For, he couldn't say say the same for Luck at at the Colts. So you know, if we want to w- work around the uh, issues of how he's been treated since um, since his retirement, which obviously a lot of people thankfully have come to the defense of Luck in the aftermath of some of the more um more negative commentary around his retirement but yeah it is interesting that it seems out of the uh, people just so shocked by the fact that a quarterback's retiring at 29 when we've had calvin johnson uh gronkowski yeah. uh, and a lot of other players that retire around this age in the last few years and no one even patrick willis is a linebacker um yeah. you know the niners had somebody retire at 24 uh, a couple years ago mm-hmm. you know just tired of like make your money like why is football this thing where 
you can't retire early. If somebody made, you know, like some hedge fund guy made $30 million and wanted to retire when he was 30, it's probably not enough to retire at 30 anymore. But if he made that much money and wanted to retire, nobody would be mad at him. And he just wanted to go sit on a yacht in the Caribbean. Like, no one would be like, oh my God, he's so lazy, blah, blah, blah. Like, yo, he's a sound, he's a sound investor. And, you know, he, he's planned for his future and he's fine. So why is it that football, you can't do that when you're, they're making even more money mm. than say your average stockbroker or whatever. Yeah, and the and the one that particularly uh, comes to mind when we're talking about the uh, negative, I just I retweeted it was that Doug Lo- Doug Gottlieb tweet. Oh yeah, saying, that's been big. Yeah, the uh, well, is it uh, Andrew Luck retiring because rehabbing's too hard is the most millennial thing ever, or something something along those lines? And I could get and yeah, we can parlay this into you know the fans booing him and stuff and yeah, kind of the reaction that yeah. he's soft and all that stuff. Um, it's just a joke and everybody that I've talked to is mad about Gottlieb. I mean, he attacked our entire generation too, yeah. which is, I mean, that's such an outdated mode of thinking. You know, most millennials I know have multiple jobs and we're just as hard as Gen Xers and baby boomers. They're, they just don't make as much money. So I don't, so I don't know where this, I don't know how laziness got tied into the amount of money you make, but I guess that's part of the American culture now. Um, our country is being run like a business, which is uh, obviously not ideal, but that's a whole different subject. But that's what really made me mad about the Gottlieb thing is that him categor- categorizing, first of all, Andrew Luck an extremely tough, like put it all on the line for not only Indianapolis, but Stanford. I remember him running through you know, a Cal DB um, when he was at Stanford, Mm -hmm. but also just a whole generation of people. It's like, how, like, are you just trying to insult people to get hate clicks or what are we doing here? Yeah. Well, that's like the thing with um, the sports journalism in the, on the negative side of it, there's a lot of good sports journalism out there these days and that's what we can't forget. But, you know, there's lots of great, you know, investigative journalism being done that, we're very forward thinking and inclusively done, but then on the other side, you've got these idiots like Gottlieb that just that have this old school way of thinking about sports and the way we're meant to uh, think about athletes as almost you know slaves to your entertainment. And if they don't do exactly gladiators, yeah, yeah, and, and, if, and if they don't fit your you know, your definition of what a career should be, you know, he might have been thinking, oh, I'm going to be watching Andrew Luck till I'm 30, he's 35, 36, and maybe then around then he might be retiring depending on his body, but at 29, no way, that's not the way it's meant to happen. He's meant to have a couple more years. This guy's meant to be giving me a couple more years of content and, you know, it's just not the way I'd, that's not the way it's meant to be, so I'm going to call him a millennial because I'm an old guy that doesn't understand and doesn't even want to understand young people on the complete opposite side of them. I deride his derision because he doesn't understand the, just the progress that's happening and the fact that the NFL is brutal and it's probably Andrew Luck making a decision about his own health as well. So, you know, it's just it's just it's really sad to see that kind of thing happen when we know what we know about the NFL now and the effect it has on people's bodies, particularly their brains and things like that. That people still out there have this idea that these guys are meant to be slaves to their entertainment. Certainly. And I do think that, you know, some of these older guys on ESPN or Fox Sports or whoever had these Twitter accounts that were calling him soft and calling him this and calling him that, um, I think they did get ratioed by, you know, 
the next wave, like our generation and the generation after us, I think mm-hmm. they kind of got ratioed on that. And maybe that's just my own bubble on Twitter that I've seen, but I've seen like 80, probably 85% support for Andrew Luck. So absolutely, um, hopefully, and, that's what, and that's what's important too. Yeah. Things that a daily, like, I don't know. I don't understand sports journalism sometimes because it does seem like these, some of the, biggest personalities are just playing a character and Mm -hmm. i don't understand why people buy into it like anytime i hear somebody say they hate stephen a smith like that's his character he's not actually like that he's loud and abrasive on tv because people will hate watch it or love watch it Mm -hmm. you're getting double the whatever we can get into that much later (laughs) (laughs) we're talking about football but yeah it is like like, does Gottlieb actually feel that way about millennials, or does he know that that tweet will get a ton of traction? And does he care if it's good or bad traction, as long mm. as it's getting out there? It's, it's, you know, a debate worth having. Yeah, and I guess that's where there's like a lot of hot take journalism out there these days, and um, and I don't mind. Well, it. People want it though. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a reason they do it. Yeah, and I People guess that's where I, I draw the line at when, when that, that hot take starts getting into that zone of actually attacking the person or their reasons behind it and, and attacking attacking their integrity as a human being. Um, you know, you can have hot takes about the, the, the quality of a player, you know, the hot takes every year when the Patriots are doing terrible for a couple of months is like, is Tom Brady passed it? That's just his, they're just talking about his talent as a player and then, you know, or you know, who would have been better than Kobe and, you know, all those little hot takes. that They're, they're fine because they're just talking about play. They're just talking about teams. Um, when we talk about hot takes like uh, Gottlieb, you know, attacking millennials and, and Andrew Luck and lumping that all together and saying that this is a bad thing, that's where it starts getting edging into that time where I actually want to say something, which I did retweet it and say, saying something. I can't even remember what I said, but, you know, <laughs> I try, you know, you try to avoid getting too too involved in the hot takes because you know what they are but there's uh, some of those ones mm-hmm. are the ones you need like the the journalistic world both in sports and in any way in any you know politics pop culture and stuff need to get away from the hot takes that are actually attacking people because then that's when it starts getting into that gray area of when the next next step you take might be actually something really hurtful that is way too far so you know and we've certainly got into that with other subjects in this country yeah. obviously on twitter and so if sports goes down with it that'll be i mean it already has i mean college football season's right around the corner and we'll get to that but you know that can bring out some of the some of the worst takes ever from just fan fanboys you know attacking 17 18 year old recruits you know mm-hmm. it's not just twitter's kind of a toxic platform yeah. <laughs> for people with hot takes or even just any take especially when you're bringing in kids you know like 17 and 18 year old recruits but yeah i think Twitter changed the game. Facebook changed the game. Um, it, it just changes how we take in sports. And it allows everybody to have an equal voice in a way. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of led – it's kind of created the hot take culture. I think it dictated the hot take culture before the hot take culture existed, really. Because yeah. I think ESPN Radio started getting into the hot takes more and more. They started going with – you know, the Will Canes and even Greeny can do it sometimes on Get mm-hmm. Up. Um, they kind of started pushing those type and skip Bayless back in the day, I guess. Maybe yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> I do feel like hot takes have become much more of what drives content mm-hmm. and what drives interaction on Twitter and stuff. So 
yeah, the clickbait headline and all that kind of thing that you know grabs one little one one little quote. And sometimes when you read the article, it's actually nothing to do with it, but it's just it gets you in there and gets you the reads and gets you the the views, and that's what that's what makes some money. So you know, uh, I know I I just, there is a place for it. It's just a, it's got to be done right, I guess. Um, you know, I just don't think Gottlieb even cares. I think he likes that he was talked about this much. Oh yeah, it's well, done. It's done exactly what it wanted for his brand and whatever he wants to do. But I, I'm sure Fox Sports isn't happy with Aikman, like Fox on Fox Prime, as we yeah. call it. Uh, <laughs> Aikman attacking him, but what Aikman said was really, really good, and that's a dude that knows all about concussions and stuff. And you know, I I would rather listen to you know Troy Aikman, Steve Young, somebody who's had all these concussions and been beat up behind bad lines and stuff mm. in their day talk about it than doug gottlieb who played basketball at oklahoma state yeah <laughs> well that's the interesting thing is that every, every single person that's actually played the game or had any involvement in the game that understands it at that level has come out in pretty i haven't seen you know there's probably someone out there that's haven't supported it but i've pretty much seen universal support for him and everyone wishing him the best which is the way it should be so you know the reaction of the likes of gottlieb and a few others um, which we can move on to the fans quickly um, to wrap it up. But, you know, it's mostly been positive. But the fan thing, um, the booing, was that – that must have just been someone started and then everyone jumped on board just because of the – Mob shock. mentality. Yeah, the shock yeah. of the moment. You've you been know. there. Yeah. I mean, we've all been there. Yeah, I've caught – I booed Gavin Wilkinson off the pitch at um, – and Merritt Paulson off the pitch at uh, <laughs> Providence Park. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I uh, I just think it was mob mentality, and it's so easy for fans to – I mean, I covered high school sports for five years, and it's so easy once one parent says something that it's an echo chamber and everybody starts saying the exact same thing at the ref. And it's like, are you just so pent up with, like, energy that you have to yell right now or boo or be mad? Like, are you even mad at the ref or are you mad at your job? And yeah. are you mad at your, your life? and stuff like that so i've always thought that i'd say it was um partly you know uh, uh, the energy would have been a few beers as well um that yeah. Yeah. and there was there's also you know there's probably a lot of it would have been a shocker that they probably just had the news come through on their phones someone started booing and they've just kind of jumped in because they're probably just in fucking shock as well um which yeah. is quite understandable as a fan because you know a lot of them probably wearing andrew luck jerseys and they pinned their hopes on him when they uh waved manning those years ago and and went all in on the number one pick. So, you know, from that standpoint, mm -hmm. I can understand the disappointment, but, you know, booing's, you know, not the right response. But I'd say it's also just a pent-up frustration with the way the Colts have been for the last decade of, since they made that decision to move to Luck. They haven't done much mm -hmm. right apart from drafting Luck. That was the right decision. Yeah. Every, everything they've done since... Um, not protecting Yeah, him. has been done through the, the, vi the you know, prism of a filled-up whiskey glass that's quickly emptying to Jim Irsay's mouth and... And yeah. <laughs> a suitcase of pills. Yeah. But you know, it's just um, not much has gone right there. And I'd say there's probably a lot of that a lot of that booing was actually just letting all that go and, and obviously yeah. it's not, not finished yet, but um you know, Hopefully. Yeah, I'd say a lot of fans that booed will probably be the next day thinking, Oh god, I'm probably disappointed I was a part of that, but you know, I don't Yeah, it's like when um the Toronto fans cheered when I think it was Hey, was that Durant? I think Durant. It was when Durant got hurt again, and yeah. they started cheering. And I was just like, okay. And then they all started chanting his name, like two <laughs> seconds. It's like people don't forget like stuff like that. And 
you know, believe somebody's first impression mm-hmm. a lot of the time is, you know, something I've always believed because they'll show you who they are right away. And like, with that, if it was even booing the organization, it's like have more common sense than that. But the NFL, yeah. and this is, this would probably get me in trouble in the future, but the NFL fan base has become NASCAR. It's become, I don't know how it happened this quickly, but I feel like it's become the lowest like rung of society. I, like I wouldn't go to an NFL game anymore because I wouldn't feel safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I understand what you mean. It's, um, it's very much well. Obviously, um, the poli- political side of it has been that um, you know the very publicized Trump versus the players kneeling stuff has has created massive and problems. owners versus the players yeah, kneeling. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it, it very much is um, uh, not that or not not to call up the term uh, used yeah, the, the uh, African American community, but the woke the they I've heard it the league referred to as the anti woke league before because that's what a lot of people see it as compared to. Uh, um, certainly, uh, basketball. Um, the NBA is very yeah. much trying. I mean, they're still they're, they're obviously not perfect, but um, mm-hmm. you know, baseball's got a long way to go. But they se- they don't seem to have the same issues as far as um, <laughs> obviously. Not yeah, at all. Yeah. <laughs> the kneeling stuff has not been part of baseball because it's just different sport and different kind of um, people behind it. But yeah, I mean, NFL's put its foot um, has got a lot of diversity in its play playing group that has. Met come through with this kneeling stuff, and then obviously with the owners and the president coming at, coming back against that, it has created that that divide in the fan base where a lot of fans do have the beliefs that they should, you know, stand for the anthem no matter what, and all those kind of things. That has has made the league have that NASCAR. Uh, not, <laughs> not, yeah. not well, I guess <laughs> it's just not the shit. NASCAR's just sitting over there in the corner, going, "What the fuck did I do?" How did I get into yeah. this discussion? <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's just it's the uh, it is the analogy that we can that we we can draw on on fan base. So. Um, yeah, I I don't know how it happened, but I just think people have moved away from football. Um, you know, I guess more kind of open minded people have moved away from it because it is just so bad mm-hmm. for you. Like I wouldn't want my kids to play it. Yeah, if I ever kids but um i'd be fine if they wanted to it's kind of what my dad did with me he's like well i didn't want you to play but you wanted to play so mm-hmm. but you know you have to know the risk involved and i think that comes back to this kind of toxic masculinity idea that you know oh tough guys play football and like they'll sacrifice their brain and their body to be a strong tough guy and mm-hmm. it's like we're so far past that kind of ideology in this country but some people are still holding on to it so much. And so those are the people that are flocking to the, you know, have season tickets. And maybe, I'm, maybe you know, the games aren't as bad as I've heard. But, you know, I was closest to the Kansas City Chiefs when I was in Nebraska. And I know those games got rowdy. And, you know, there was almost fights everywhere all the time. Don't wear an opposing jersey to an NFL game now, you know. Yeah. I mean, you're a, big, you're a big dude, so I wouldn't worry about you. But I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I've had, you know, I went to a, I went to a Seahawks game in a Patriots jersey a few years ago, and I certainly got a fair share, much a fair share of abuse. So, um, <laughs> you know, and that was with what people consider a more progressive fan base. So, who knows what it would be if it was. A I guess I don't yeah. know. I think that might be an oxymoron in the, the NFL these well, days. Well, that's that. That's it too, because you know, one guy turned around and said, "What the fuck's Brady ever done?" And I just was like, "This was when he was only on three rings at the time," but. I said, yeah. he's got three Super Bowls. And the guy kind of just stared at me blankly for another second and then turned around. I was like, good, mm-hmm. good talk, man. You know? <laughs> 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 yeah. 
I mean, and just the amount of alcohol that goes in to, yeah. you know, I'm all for it, but it's just <laughs> going to lead to fights and yeah. stuff like that. And NFL, when it's kind of like being at a bar when an MMA MMA fights on, you know, the t- testosterone starts to get to flow and you're like, eh, should I, I didn't even realize there was an MMA fight tonight. Should I, should I be here? Yeah. Yeah, especially if you're not if you're not like on the level of everyone else there, it just feels like you're just gonna be behind the eight ball and and you get hit with a chair without even being mean like, you know, while you're just trying to go to the bathroom or something. Yeah, I remember playing Buck Hunter at that one bar over um by campus a little bit when there was an MMA event. Rennie's? I was like, eh, I wasn't Rennie, surprisingly. Oh, Webfoot, Webfoot. Yeah. Or, so or one t- of those. Yeah, no, it was over there on that side of town and there's a lot of shit show going like, on. We had been drinking all day and just having a good time, you know, shooting digital animals. And um, <laughs> once they, all those people started filing and we were still like laughing and stuff. And it's like, whoa, like the the mood has changed in here. It's a little <laughs> bit more aggressive. Yeah. Might be time to hit the O-bar. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of guys wanting to see a lot of guys hit a lot of guys in there. And it's just not not, not conducive to a chill out time with some beers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I went to I went to Patriots home game against the Chargers, and there was Chargers fans around, and everyone was pretty chill. But that might be the unique position of the Patriots, being that their fans know they're so much better than everyone else. There's not that that need to prove themselves. Maybe I don't know. Or maybe it was just the fact it was one o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, and they hadn't had too much beer yet. But there was that too. There was plenty of drinking going on at that time. But you know, wasn't. Sure. You know. I mean, I remember Simmons has talked about it on his podcast where there used to be fights in um at the Patriots old stadium yeah. all the time when they were really bad. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I guess if you, you know, can't, Boston yeah. folk don't mess around. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and I wouldn't wear a I wouldn't wear a Yankees jersey at Fenway. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, that's. Or maybe I would. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I would, but I'd 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 be fully. I'd You're be, a Yankees I'd fan. Ma- yeah, I'd be making sure I had uh, had all my you know health insurance paid up to the point that um, if you know if anything happened, I was gonna be well taken care of beyond uh, the uh, fatal injury. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I was laugh shocked about that, but you know, it's just yeah. I mean, it happens around, in you know around. L.A. Yeah. Um, I was shocked at how much you know backlash I got for wearing Timbers gear in Kansas City. Um, when we when we would be walking up to the stadium like in unison chanting mm. like i was surprised some of the stuff that came out of those people's mouths uh, yeah. definitely not repeatable <laughs> like <laughs> even on a pot like even on a podcast where we swear not repeatable so yeah people just need to kind of chill out a little bit i think <laughs> yeah i guess i was on the one of the more rowdier timbers buses going up to seattle once and i'm but you're not hurting anybody on that you know you're all you're all together right oh There's yeah seattle uh, yeah, that was that was certainly some mob mentality. Once once the guy next to me started hurling abuse at children, I thought, yeah, it must be okay. There's <laughs> 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 some fam- families walking their kids to the ground century link for their first Sounders game, oh, no. Sa- Sounders game, and they heard words they'd never heard before. I think um, not out of my mouth. I just kind of you know had my fingers well, up, fingers up yeah. at the window while the guy next to me did all the uh, ver- verbalizing. Um, Seattle ke- <laughs> or uh, Seattle Portland's different. Yeah, uh, you know New York. Uh, Red Bulls versus NYCFC is different, you know. Kansas City, Portland, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. They're that's like yelling at us to get d- jobs and stuff. It's like, oh, how did you, how how was taking the bus all the way here? And it's just like, what what, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, this is talk <laughs> masculinity, like kind of going back to what we were talking about. It's yeah, like, it's like what, it's what like are you just... projecting onto us? 
they they googled it. Portland five seconds before and was like, "What can I hell abuse about?" And that's the first thing. It yeah, came exactly. Up probably. Like crusty punks and craft beers. That's <laughs> what we're gonna. I there was actually some extremely nice Kansas City fans too. I'm just singling out the ones that were complete dickheads. Yeah. So. <laughs> anyway, I don't know how we got here, but we got there. Yeah, <laughs> we should probably talk about the NFL at some point. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we can go back to it. so. I mean, yeah, the Andrew Luck thing, good on him. Um, you said in the text you're proud of him. Um, I sincerely, yeah. like wholeheartedly agree with it. So that's, I mean, that's do what's it. best for you and fuck everybody else. You know? Yeah, do you? That's that's pretty much the. As long as you're not hurting anybody by doing what is best for you, then yeah. Well, he's actually hurting less people because he's getting off the football field. So. Not <laughs> running over them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He is hurting the Colts play or uh, Super Bowl chances. I think they went from twelve to one to fifty to one. So <laughs> yeah, I think their chances were pretty pretty done anyway for my for mine. But that's just because I just lost faith in what they were doing over the last few years. After they they kind of got to that point where they were in AFC Championships, but then it fell away, and they never got were never in those games anyway. Um, yeah. So something I'll throw something by you that I heard on another podcast, which was um, you know. The Giants are pretty high on Daniel Jones, um, mm-hmm. you know, and Eli might get, you know, if he wants to keep playing, he might get waived. Could he go to the Colts? <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Um, another Manning, another yeah. Manning in Indy. Uh, yeah, that I mean, why not? I don't know. He'd, yeah. be, he'd certainly be. A, I think Eli would. Uh, there'd be a unique family uh, rivalry there and having being another Manning at the Colts and seeing what he could do. Again, I don't think he'd have much chance because obviously the Colts have a lot more problems than just the situation at quarterback. So, um, But that would be fun. I hadn't heard that one, but it makes sense. Yeah. Manning's <laughs> like, you know, the the Giants inexplicably drafted this Jones kid at number, what, six was it? Five, six? I think so. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, somewhere. Um, you know, so obviously they've, they've put a lot of stock in him and and he seems to be the, the go-to guy at this point. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and another Manning at the Colts. That's, that'll be... <laughs> he is 2-0 and over his Brady. So... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that would be a lot more sore point for me if he, if Brady hadn't won a bunch since again. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm Patriots too... fans out here hate Eli Manning. Yeah. Hate it. You know, I, you know, I've got more... You know, the Eli Manning stuff's, you know, he just... The, the, the helmet catches just whatever it happens hating eli manning is like hating a three-legged dog though it's like what yeah. like why like how can you hate eli he's just he's just a little 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 manning you know <laughs> little less manning <laughs> yeah who somehow has the same amount of rings as Peyton. so you know football's a yeah weird, football is a weird game so that's that's just but yeah no if he, if he went to the colts that would be fun that would just yeah. be an, a, a fun wrinkle to the season to talk about it wouldn't be too consequential to championships and anything like that. I don't think at least this year and how long Eli has to go after that. I don't know, but yeah, it'd just be fun, fun wrinkle to make something more interesting out of that. Um, but yeah, that's too much. I'm saying anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess, um, I mean, do you have any, any thoughts? Just, uh, I, I hear this news over here and just wonder about it. And Antonio Brown's always a fascinating figure to me anyway, because, I think he's somewhere in that zone where he's done a lot of outspoken things that have gotten him attention, and then he gets a bit. More, he people like to pile on him more than they actually need to because I don't know this whole helmet thing. One, I actually didn't realize it was a helmet change or whatever, and two, apparently the 
NFL should be working with him a bit more if they were going to suddenly change, you know, because I feel there's, there's some rule there that they can get a waiver for a year for him to figure it out or something like that. So yeah. Are, yeah. Pe- are people jumping on Antonio Brown more than they should now because he's kind of had a boy who cried wolf thing in the past? I will say, and I haven't seen the episode from last night, I'm going to watch it after we're done here, but um, Hard Knocks is not helping Antonio Brown's case. No, I, I, he, I haven't watched I mean, any Hard Knocks here, He's coming so. off terribly, and yeah. he's definitely coming off before that. They have him mic'd up before that Cardinals game, and it's all – he's wearing one of the new helmets, and he's like, this looks so stupid, or this looks dumb as hell, or something like that. Like uh-huh. this helmet, like It's like it's all about vanity with him. It's like nobody cares what the helmet you're wearing on the field looks like, dude. Just wear the helmet is my, is my take on it. Yeah. You know, if you can't see the football as well, then maybe I see the problem, but it does seem like it – Honestly, with him comes down to how he looks on the field, and that's ridiculous. And if every other receiver can see the ball fine in these helmets, then I, I don't know. Maybe people are piling on him too much, but he's not doing himself any favors. Right, well, that's that's good to hear because I hadn't actually, I, you know, hard knocks. I think I can get in my package over here, but I just haven't bothered. Um, but excuse me, I just chugged some iced coffee way too quickly. Yeah. I was about to. Well, knowing um, knowing. Like, Knowing your kind of sports fandom, I think if you watch Hard Knocks, you would, I don't think you'd be thrilled with his <laughs> output so far. It's kind of – his commitment seems kind of weird, you know, with the whole – I know it, it was a mistake that he, you know, froze his feet, but mm. it just seems kind of it, – it all just seems kind of weird. And the Raiders – this is one of my least favorite Hard Knocks of all time, that's for sure. Um between Antonio Brown and they have a rookie safety that is, um, I find pretty unlikable, pretty cocky. He was went to Clemson, so he's used to winning. And I don't think the Raiders. I think their their over under is at five or five and a half somewhere in there. It's got to got to be an under for me. So <laughs> yeah, I mean that's yeah that's um, besides Antonio Brown. So yeah, that's interesting because I'd I'd read just little bits here and there and like you know a few headlines and a few paragraphs of articles here and there and just wondered if there was a bit. But if he's yeah, if it is, if he's coming out and just saying this looks stupid, this looks stupid, you know, I don't look good. In this. I think he forgot he was mic'd up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is understandable. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that doesn't do you any favors. You know, I was I was ready to give him the benefit of the doubt if it was purely a a thing that he's feeling um his ability to play the position as best as he could was being infringed. But if it is if it is only a little bit that and it's partly just his own vanity, then that's you know that's you know, he deserved the shit then. Because as much as I like to say people deserve the benefit of that here and there, we're just talking about luck and how we should be supporting him. If if you're getting paid to play football and you want to play football, but you just have making having issues with the look of the help, look of the equipment that you're given, then I'm sorry, but that's just you just got to deal with it. You know, everyone else is, and you know, there's plenty of other egos in the sport, and no one else is having the same issue. So, yeah. And it is you, do you? You know, like mm-hmm. I just said, when it comes to the Antonio Brown, I mean, he's just, I know he's just rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Like, you know, whether it was the videotape, videotaping when Tomlin was talking in the locker room mm-hmm. that got out, um, you know, kind of forcing his way out of Pittsburgh after causing rifts with Juju and you know even ryan clark who didn't even play there anymore and i think that he had a huge riff with the defense there it's just kind of like he's kind of leaving a trail of dead wherever he goes and yeah. at some point that has that has to fall on him you know you can't blame everybody else around him 
Yeah. You know, I'm, and you're not doing that. I'm just saying, like, I'm trying to see both sides of it. And he just has kind of rubbed so many people the wrong way that it's going to be hard for him to come back. And so when he's putting himself out there again, when he froze his feet, which I guess was an accident, I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, but yeah, that was weird. Helmet thing is just so stupid when it really comes down to it. It's like, mm-hmm. come on, man, just wear a helmet. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, everybody else is doing it, and it's for your safety. You know. Yeah, the rate is really a fucked up the last two years. Um, the position they were in a couple of years ago with um, Vegas being announced and uh, Derek Carr looking good yeah. and having Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper and those guys, that team that, you know, they didn't do- go but far. They'd be in those- so good if they kept those guys. <laughs> like, with, like, that new safety, he's, like, he was their first-round draft pick. He's super cocky and arrogant and not fun to watch on hard knocks, but he's very good. Mm-hmm. And if they had him and Khalil Mack, and then I think Derek Carr still has a lot of good years in him. I think he's a good quarterback. I just don't think he has has had a lot of help recently. Yeah, so. and, and the big guy that got in to help him uh, doesn't want to play because of his helmet. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> they have a good uh, rookie running back though, who's yeah. I think is Josh Jacobs, I, I believe. But they're just in a brutal division, um, probably the toughest in the NFL. Probably I think with the Chargers and the Chiefs, even yeah. the Broncos. Yeah, because <laughs> the Broncos seem to just. <laughs> You know, even though they're not not anywhere near the team they were a couple of years ago with Manning at the end and whatever, they just seem to be a tough out when you play them. I guess um, you know, beatable but not easy. They never give you an easy game. So yeah, um, that's at least my read from last year. I don't know any how they're going at the start of the preseason this year. But well, I guess my question for you would be, how do you feel mm-hmm. about Patriots? Uh, you would have to feel pretty good about the Patriots' champion or chances to go to the championship again. At least the AFC Championship. Um, you know, you guys have kind of owned the uh, the AFC recently. Yeah, really, this whole millennia. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was um, yeah, the Super Bowl win against the Seahawks, and the next year we uh, lost in the championship game to Denver, who went on to win. Mm-hmm. The, and then the next three years, we won the AFC Championship, um, winning two Super Bowls, losing the one to Philadelphia. So, yeah. Um, until we're not there, and I believe we'll get there, um, especially the team, you know, uh, we've got um, most, I mean, obviously Gronkowski's retired, that hurts us there, but uh, Edelman back, you know, it's a, just the usual cast of, and Josh Gordon back, who knows how long, but at least they're giving him another chance, and if he plays... I love Josh. Yeah. I, I think his career is, I think he could have been, you know, up there with Calvin Johnson mm-hmm. as one of the best recent wide receivers if the NFL wouldn't have... Uh, Screwed him over, I guess, to put it lightly. Yeah, but you know he's back. Um, they got, I mean, they got what they got. Demarius Thomas, <laughs> just yeah. another another veteran in there. That um, you know, Patriots just seem to make that stuff work. And Edelman, of course, with his link up with Brady, is just you know it's um, one of the you know it's Jerry Rice and um, Montana and stuff like that. That level of um, dynasty kind of uh, pairing there, along with the coach as well, but. Yeah, I can't see. Uh, there was that. There was a uh, something came out today. I think about the the starting center Andrews possibly <laughs> his season's in jeopardy to due to I saw that. Yeah, blood cuts them. That's not good. So that's not good. But you know, yeah, that's like, like retirement type thing. Yeah, and you know, that's what Chris Bosh had. I think. Yeah, um, and you know, starting you know the center is an, is a, a crucial position, obviously. So um, 
you know, that's a little bit worrying, but the Patriots have had uh, injuries to key players before in, um, in years where you think it's going to knock them. And, you know, I, you know, I could say that uh, um, Hightower being out uh, in that year that we lost to Philly, wouldn't he certainly would have helped in that game. But, you know, we still got to the, the Super Bowl and we're in a close game for most of it. So you can't say that's the sole reason would have helped. But, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll work something out and be competitive at least. And I have every hope that they'll get there again. Um, yeah. I think the power is going to come out of the NFC this year. I think it's a much stronger conference. But, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know why everybody's writing off the Chiefs so quickly. I mean, is that happening they took over there? Is it? See, this is the fun thing. About it is being really, the, it is a lot. Yeah. The fun thing about being in the upside down, up. I just think the Chiefs are a great team from last year. And I'm, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I haven't, yeah. you know, I, don't, I read little bits here and there, but I get, I just get the, notifications pushed to my phone from the sources I want and I hadn't actually realized that people were writing them off so explain that to me because that's that's curious well I am in New England so that <laughs> may factor into it but and it and this is just being at bars and like listening to people you know banty on about the Patriots and how they're gonna just run roughshod through you know the whole AFC mm-hmm. and they were like who's gonna chat like who's gonna challenge the Texans or I'm trying to think of who else they were trying to throw out there they even threw out the chargers and stuff and it's like you're not even talking about the chiefs like mm. patrick Mahomes is the MV- reigning mvp and it was his second season i think so yeah. it's gonna it, be shocking or was he was his he sat behind alex smith as that's rookie right season. okay yeah so um, that was why it was controversial that they went away from alex smith last year mm-hmm. and um that went didn't, to that didn't last so, long. yeah <laughs> Yeah, poor Alex Smith. Leg snapped in half. I kind of feel bad for Alex Smith because I think he, I think he gets um, shit on a lot. And he got a raw, he, he got a raw deal. He was very good for San Francisco those years, you know, in a, yeah. in a San Francisco team that was just building up towards what they that little period they had with Kaepernick. Um, which Kaepernick deserves a lot more than he he's gotten shit on. Obviously, a lot. Oh yeah, that would, we'd that. be here all afternoon if we were talking about Cap, you yeah. know, and how he doesn't have a job. That's who the Colts should sign, but that. I mean, the the further he gets from having, you know, from being out of the league, you know, the further, the worse he's going to be, obviously. He's not in football shape, probably, yeah. I wouldn't think. But so, so a big talking point over here is, and I just forgot it, by bringing up Cap. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, yeah, I think Mahomes will be just as great this year and put up huge numbers, but until they can beat you guys, you know, it's kind of like the litmus test. It was the same thing with Manning to yeah. be, you know, he had MVPs too before, you know, winning the Super Bowl and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting. I do think the NFC has better teams, but. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And, he, and he's on the cover of Madden this year. So it depends how he goes with that whole thing, but you know, Brady went all right. So, you know, he he might have broken the maybe Brady Brady broke the curse at least for quarterbacks. Oh, was uh, Brady on it last year? Uh, I think it was the year before. It was uh, it was the year after uh, they the Falcons won because there was the goat edition with him on it. And I remember, it. yeah, yeah. I think I think Antonio Brown was actually on it last year. So, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> maybe the curse is just a it skipped skipped the year with Brady. I don't know, but you know. Well, I hope not because yeah. I like watching Patrick Mahomes play. Yeah. But um, yeah, prediction next year's got to be Baker. That's my prediction. Yeah, um, that's that was where I was actually going. I had written on my NFL thoughts. I had a list of 
and I was just had written down Baker and his Browns. I want to, <laughs> which could go, <laughs> <laughs> which could go a lot of ways. Just saying that sentence, but we're talking about football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you feeling with the Browns this year? Because they're going to be f- for the first time in years. You're going to sit there and go, "Oh, the Browns are on. I might, I might watch them." I just don't think they're going to live up to the hype, but I think they'll still be good. If yeah, that well, makes I'm, sense. Writing the fence, but um, I don't see them kind of like having a season like the Chiefs did last year where they're threatening for the AFC mm-hmm. and they're hosting the AFC championship game, you know. Um, I think they make the playoffs, though, but as a wild card, I think Pittsburgh will still win that division randomly, even though they lost AB. You know, mm-hmm. they have a good running back. Big Ben is Big Ben. I don't like him because of, obviously, his resume. But um, they, it's kind of like the Steelers are the Patriots of the AFC North. And, you know, to yeah. – Get to where you want to go, you have to go through them, and the Ravens have done it, but then they've regressed. So, I think that I think it's still the Steelers' division until Baker takes it from them. Yeah, um, how do you reckon Odell will go there? Um, I think that's a lot of personality, and but from what I've heard about Baker, is he's just kind of like a he's a great leader, and so obj and him being around the same age i think i think that'll be a good partnership and i think if obj tries to do kind of his the drama that he brought to in new york i think people i don't think he'll get away with it as much in cleveland yeah i guess it's a different new york is kind of you know the city for that kind of thing you know yeah they love they love drama and 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 characters and stuff like that cleveland they want someone to work and get them back to Mm-hmm. Back to where they meant they they think they deserve to be because you know they've had titles taken away from them by this team literally leaving. So um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I'm hopeful that the Browns will be because you know the Browns is one of those teams that you like to you like to laugh at when they were doing you know you were laughing at the jer- the guy with the jersey with the names that constantly uh, get added yeah, on yeah. and all those things <laughs> yeah. the memes and everything. But it's kind of like when you see guys like Baker. You know Baker is strange to me. I He's the kind of guy I didn't think I'd like, but I kind of have this um, warming to him, like those quotes a week ago or whatever about how he actually, he, he the only reason he apologized for putting plant in the flag on the Buckeye field was because he was told to. Like he says, I still don't apologize for that shit. And, yeah. You know, but it's, a, it's a raw honesty that you can't help but be like, oh, okay, okay. He's just, he's not being a dick. He's just being honest. And, you know, he's, he says he's got no disrespect towards the, Buckeyes, it's just he won the game. He's like, you know, fuck it, I'm going to plant this flag. And I, you know, he was made to apologize, but he he said later on, that, or just recently, that he doesn't actually, he still would have done it again if he had the chance. So I think the big thing about him is it's just like none of it is contrived. It's just honestly, his personality mm-hmm. is that way. It just comes off as, you know, and it's not malicious either. It's not like, you know, yeah. I mean, maybe. He did grab his dick at Kansas, but that's because, <laughs> you know, Kansas kind of tried to start it. So yeah. I just think, I just think he seems like a cool dude. He just plays in a sport that you have to kind of be cocky and he's more than, more than ready to do that. Like it is crazy how like differently I view him than Johnny Manziel, you know? Yeah. Like they're kind of similar, but not. I think Baker just backs it up just by both on the field and just his demeanor, whereas Johnny football never seemed about to actually really be about football. 
Yeah, well, you could. Yeah, I mean, it's diving into a whole other wealth of issues because Johnny's come out. What was it last year? There was an interview where he actually went through a lot of the mental health issues with, oh yeah, substance abuse and whatever that he had. Um, you know, because because he wasn't probably Baker might actually just naturally have that uh, that gravitas and that that belief in himself and that natural ability to be uh, just authentic and good. Whereas Johnny Johnny's persona was actually more hoisted upon him by that great game against Alabama and the sudden rise that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, although at that moment was, you know, Johnny football was a name given to him rather than, or he might have, I can't remember if it was someone that he came in with or whatever, but it's something like we put that on him, whereas Baker's just grown into this, who he already was, we've just discovered him. And it's, mm-hmm. it seems the whole process has seemed completely different to Johnny. And yeah, I'm excited to see how he goes. And Baker was a walk on to start with. So I think yeah. that kind of humbled him. And then you kind of seen his cult of personality kind of grow mm. over over time he, he wasn't i mean he was kind of always like that but he wasn't as much like that so he kind of proved it on the field before he was like you know doing dollar signs and stuff like that so yeah yeah no like it's 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 what's fun about these young guys coming i mean brady's still there because he's a robot but there's a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> a lot of other fun guys on there um uh I guess the one for, you know, Andrea will appreciate me bringing it up, Eddie, the Rams. Right. People are forgetting <laughs> about them, too. Yeah. It's yeah like, that's the one that like, they were right there. I haven't heard about that it That Super all. Bowl performance was pathetic, but. Yeah. That was. They I mean, played. Belichick just was playing uh, chess against checkers. So mm-hmm. with me. Uh, yeah. McVay. Yeah. And then we talk about the Ram- We just talking about the Chiefs and then the Rams and the Chiefs had one of the best games of the season last year, that 50-48. Or, or ever, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's- you know. And they've got a young quarterback, and they've got, you know, uh, the Todd Gurley situation would be an interesting one to watch early in, into the season to see how he actually is, because that was one of the weirdest things in football in recent memory. I've seen to see a guy who started the season in MVP form for the first 10 or so weeks and then had an injury that wasn't an injury all the way up to even even now. I'm not sure what, what was going on, because they still seem yeah. to be trying to be quiet about what happened in that playoff and Super Bowl run, because they just didn't use him couldn't use him but he, he wasn't injured and his knee was fine it's just one of the weirdest things so um yeah i think their mum was the word on that yeah. i think he w- had a pretty serious injury yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean ran like what he started the super bowl off with i think two carries and then hardly played the rest of the way so yeah. and you're just seeing him on the sideline he would have been he would have killed you guys if he was in full health i think like oh, yeah. out of the backfield because he's great out of the backfield so i was what i like I'm, on passing yeah, I mean, obviously right. watching a few of their games last year, I mean, that uh, the wife um, is the Rams fan, obviously, LA, and we've got a soft spot. So naturally, I have a soft spot for them because that's marriage. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, we watched a fair bit of the Rams. I like, uh, I mean, they're the, new, they're the newer of NFL along with the Chiefs, you know. But yeah. just proves that the old era can still, you know, take everything that makes a good football team good away from them mm-hmm. when Belichick's your coach. So, yeah. <laughs> I just don't think Goff was ready for that moment at all. I think Patriots, um, Patriots Saints would have been a much better Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Probably mainly because the Saints probably would have won, but because <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think Breeze deserves another ring. But yeah, I think that I think last year was his big chance. I guess he has Michael Thomas back this year. Yeah, but, no, they'll, yeah. they'll be back in the mix this year, and um, that's another team that we should be giving more props to than we are. But yeah. It's, um, Oh, where was it going with that? Uh, <laughs> Rams. Yeah, Rams. I mean, yeah. The, People are writing them off. Yeah, I mean, 
They were what they lost by four points or something. I don't even remember the score of the Super Bowl. Uh, ten in the end, actually. Thirteen. Yeah, okay. Thirteen to three. It felt like. Oh, okay. I thought it was thirteen and nine for some reason. Whatever. Yeah. Even worse than I thought. So. Yeah, they, <laughs> that was a bad Super Bowl. I'm sure you'll you'll take it, but. Um, yeah. I've, you know, I know Sim- I, Simmons went on his pod and was like, "It wasn't a bad Super Bowl. It was." It was old school football. It's like some of the a game the Vikings would have been in. It's like go back and look at the Super Bowls, man. No games were like that, really. Yeah. You know, like maybe they were blowouts and worse than that, but that was a bad Super Bowl. Yeah, I rewatched it and I actually respected a lot what the Patriots did, but they just because they could do it because the Rams played right into their hands a little bit. You know, McVay was a little bit uh, his inexperience or maybe his you know shock of being on the big stage and just not being able to quite handle the. Yeah, I think McVeigh's a great coach, and I don't think he couldn't handle the pressure. It's just maybe it all came at him a bit too fast, and the Patriots just were able to walk through it in the end. So I, I, while I don't think it, it's not boring to me as a Patriots fan because it was just awesome to see them play that, just do exactly what they want to do, and and have that you know the the tactical side of the football was just they were able to dictate the play, which is great. Um, but you know from a, the standpoint of being old school football objective so, yeah it's not even old school football because it was just so one-sided so which is i just say yeah. like 70 percent of football fans are probably let down by that super bowl yeah. like not counting like the people who are super into you know tactics and you know schemes and stuff like that which mm-hmm. you were just talking about but like just to, if you don't have a dog in the race and most of america was rooting against the patriots probably so yeah yeah, Again, which, which probably, probably makes makes Belichick even happier is the fact that he was able to put everyone to sleep by playing his exact kind of yeah. boring football that he always... Because I think Belichick's often wanted to dictate a Super Bowl like that. And, you know, that was the biggest winning margin they'd ever had. He'd have five Super Bowls that had just gone completely bonkers every time. You know, even the earlier ones when they were leading, you know, leading comfortably against Carolina. And that one turned into a crazy one. The Eagles one was correct. The first Eagles one was crazy. The second Eagles one was really crazy. Uh, the Falcons one was fucking nuts. Um, Seahawks as well. So I think Belichick was just finally happy to have the Super Bowl that went exactly the way it was meant to for him. Yeah. It just didn't go the way America wanted it to, <laughs> at least from an entertainment standpoint. Which makes but Belichick even happier, I think. Yeah, and that's fine. <sighs> He's yeah. such a grump. Such a grump. But I'm so mad I can't think of that. what the big hubbub is over here right now in the NFL. It's just, you know... The older I've gotten, the further I've kind of drifted away from the NFL. I still watch, you know, I'll watch it next Thursday and all day next Sunday, you know, and at the end of it, I just, I think not having a team is a big thing. And then like also just kind of the toxic culture around it right now, which which Goodell kind of, and like Jay-Z, I guess we could talk about that a little bit, Jay-Z partnering with um, Roger Goodell and. He's going to end up owning an NFL franchise. And, you know, he came out and said the time for kneeling is over and stuff like that. And it's just kind of like, all right, what what are you doing, Jay-Z? <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you saw him. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, a, there's um, I can imagine there's a word that the uh, the African-American community had back in the 1800s. Oh, yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there is that. Th- to say the time for kneeling is over is really, is not... Don't come into the NFL and can fl- and plant your flag like that. That's that 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 really did rub me the wrong way. I was, you know, there's so and it's honestly in America now it's like it is still extremely about race, but it's also about class warfare. Mm-hmm. And Jay Z's a billionaire. Yeah, and so is Beyonce. And it's like that old tweet that's like, 
what's better than one billionaire? And it's a picture of Jay-Z and Beyonce. And it's like zero billionaires. Yeah. Like <laughs> the world is on fire right now. And we, and we, all seven, the G7 decided to commit $20 million to that. Jay-Z could do that tomorrow and he wouldn't even blink an eye and said he wants to join with the NFL and buy an NFL franchise. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and the, yeah, that whole Kenny Class Stills, warfare. That whole Kenny Stills thing was really, uh, that sucked to Hillard. How he came out. I mean, and the, and yeah. The, uh, was it the coach or the owner played eight Jet Straight oh. JC songs or something stupid like that? Well, I don't think the owner's in control of the music. I think the coach did. And yeah. That was, I mean, talk about, God, the Dolphins are going to suck this year. If they're already doing that, like, like that's dividing the locker room immediately. Yeah. So. So it's such a stupid way. Maybe the coach was tone deaf enough to think that it was just funny that he was playing Jay-Z, but it's like tone deaf, nonetheless. And And if he was trying to make a point by it, then he's the biggest prick on the face of the earth other than the owner of the team. Well, that's the perfect way to sandwich the entire discussion we've had for the last 40 minutes because we started it with Andrew Luck and the the NFL seemingly being in this weird weird space, being completely... uh, opposite to the um the progressiveness of the nba and stuff and if an nba uh, sorry nba nfl coach is that tone deaf then that's just the problem in a nutshell right there of the whole league and fan base and everything that's going on there is that's just in, in a nutshell that's why there's such a divide yeah. in the fan base and why people like us who enjoy the sport have uh, have taken a step but i still watch the game and get as much into them as anything when i'm watching of them course. Well, yeah. the overall sport and their tw- the the yearly 365 days a year thing I don't get into as much now because it's just it is toxic a little bit and it is hard to hard to reconcile yourself with being a fan of a sport that is so against your own values so yeah coaches like like that are the issue as well so yeah yeah I mean it's a microcosm of everything that's happening in the NFL that him playing Jay-Z it's just complete lack of understanding from those in power versus those fighting for any any semblance of power for their community. Yeah, and so. complete lack of respect for the players that are doing the hard yards for your team too. <laughs> that's the yeah. that's what where it keeps coming back down to is the players don't actually get enough respect from fans. My guess would be Stills won't be there for super for a super long time. I think and it won't be his fault. It'll yeah. but he'll it'll it'll be portrayed in the media and I usually have the media's back, but it'll be portrayed in the media as like, oh, he was a ne'er-do-well who, you know, outspoken guy Mm -hmm. in the locker room, just couldn't get along. But it's like, well, no, he was just like voicing his opinion, which all these morons on the right (laughs) (laughs) fight for every time somebody, you know, calls somebody a racial slur. It's like, oh, freedom of speech. It's like, yeah, but whatever. That's a whole different story. Yeah. (laughs) Like, um, it's like his first... uh, amendment right to say that stuff and you can't be i don't know you can't like you can't be tone deaf enough to look at where a lot of these guys came from and say well they shouldn't be saying that it's like they finally have a platform to speak out these rich owners have always had a platform um, to speak out they own tv stations and newspapers and magazines and stuff like that they can control what goes into those it's like they want whatever they think to be the only way to think yeah yeah so anybody who goes against that is you know i don't i don't know the word for it just 
a, a tax write-off. It's like, fire them, get them out of there. Mm-hmm. Somebody else's problem, and it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be the uh, bad locker room guy. Um, I can see Stills going to like the Patriots and just then just lighting up. Yeah, the winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially be being cool. especially being in that division, that'll be uh, an even. The Patriots always have a guy where I'm like, I'm glad he got a ring, like Chris Long. Mm. Um, as much as I hated, and then he got one with Philly the next year. But as much as I hated that Falcons Patriots Super Bowl, I was happy for Chris Long because he's like my favorite football player of all time, easily in other. Than, well, Randy Moss and him, yeah. <laughs> but for completely different reasons. Yeah, it's even like Martellus Bennett when he got his ring. I wish more people were like him. Yeah. But he might be my favorite athlete of all time. He's just like the coolest dude and stood in front of one of my best friends at Red Rocks in um, Colorado during a My Morning Jacket um, concert wearing a huge hat and he kept turning around and asking him if it was all right. Apparently like one of the coolest dudes of all time. So That's good to hear. He's always had that kind of vibe where he, he says what he thinks and... Um, obviously he retired you know. early yeah you know like nobody's talking about that <laughs> yeah it's literally only matters when it's a quarterback retiring just a few years too early according to people but <laughs> yeah we've spoken enough on that um full circle <laughs> um college football i that is if there's something that i have even less of an ear to the ground within in australia because it's just no one talks about it here really it is that um you obviously it's all over the place right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm gonna do my pickums tomorrow, and I'm gonna have no fucking idea what I'm doing apart from just saying the Ducks will win. Because there's actually not that many good games this week. I did my pickums, and it shouldn't have too hard of a time. Obviously, mm-hmm. Auburn, Auburn, Oregon, something near and dear to our hearts, uh, yep. will be the uh, first uh, biggest game of the week, probably. So yeah, I think mem- member of the pod, Vince, I proved ninety nine percent sure he's going down there for it. So. Yeah, yeah, he'll be able to give us on the ground thoughts, but um, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, the Ducks obviously are recruiting well the last few years, and um, I still think they're a year away from being. But you know, get a couple of wins where they shouldn't this year, and they'd be very close. They're ranked in the top twenty-five, I think, at the start of the season preseason poll. So they're already in the position to be able to move up if they get the results. Uh, I don't know how. I have no idea how Auburn are looking. I am a terrible pundit at this moment, but. Um, I'll, I'll let you <laughs> no, take. I'll around let you. Oregon in yeah. rankings, so you know, and preseason rankings are pretty worthless, which yeah. we found out year after year after year. But you know, it's just going to be the same same thing. Top three of Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, and you know, Alabama and Clemson with still with you know head and shoulders above everybody else is how it's just always gone, and yeah. how it's going to continue to go. I think um, everybody else has kind of weak points that Alabama and Clemson don't really. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia has to play Notre Dame, which I know, you know, I'm a Notre Dame fan, but uh, it's still a tough game. So they might lose that one. So that would take them out of the race right away. <laughs> I don't think they'll lose it, but it's yeah. possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I mean, when Georgia played Notre Dame at Notre Dame two years ago, it was 23 to 22, I think. Mm-hmm. So Georgia won, but I don't know. I think. I don't really know what to think yet. Um, my grass on college football is kind of like yours right now because I think every team kind of has started to play the same way and look the same way. So mm-hmm. it's just like whoever gets the most out of those those players and whoever has coached those players up the most. Yeah, going into it, it's kind of a crapshoot. Yeah, it's yeah, it is about the recruiting and then um, having the coaches that get the right kind of mix in there as well and. 
you know, it's uh, and then you have the random ones like you know I was very happy last year watching Willie Taggart completely completely fall apart with Fire Estate, but he's still there. So yeah, see what happens there. But I'll be more than happy to see that happen again. Um, I don't hold a grudge at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's college football right there. Yeah, college football fans are uh, not as bad as NFL fans, but they're getting there. Yeah, well, you know that one. That one was that one was pretty. That was a pretty pretty dodgy move. That one, but anyway, um, Cristobal seemed I'm more than happy with the way the things seem to be going at the moment with him. And and Ducks fans seem happy. I think he's probably a better fit there than Taggart ever was. Anyway, he so. seems more genuine, genuinely involved in the program. Has a more you know Taggart. I you know we were all on board with him when he was there, but then afterwards, it just you know you realized he was kind of just it was all talk, and 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 his he always had one eye on going back and. And yeah, that sucks to realize afterwards. It's kind of like you know dating a girl for a year and realizing you know, <laughs> realizing she was just I hoping the ex would call during the whole time, you know that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, I think it'll be okay at Florida State after a while. I just don't. I think you know going from Bobby Bowden to Jimbo Fisher to him is kind of a culture shock yeah. for that team. You know, longevity versus kind of this um, hotshot new coach. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, see, yeah, see we'll what see. happens. But, yeah, no, that's – I mean, he, he had such a me- meteoric rise from being nowhere on anyone's radar to being uh, – I'm forgetting the school he came from. I know it was – Central Florida, right? That's right, yeah. UCF. Or South Florida. South – yeah. USF. Yeah. Yeah, one of the two. Oh, yeah, Scott Frost went to Central Florida at Nebraska now, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's and then going to Oregon and having an okay year, oh, but thing, yeah, things didn't exactly go right because he had injured quarterbacks and whatever. <coughs> Excuse me, but yeah, um, then going to a, a legitimate, legitimate, legitimate big program. I mean, Oregon's a big program too, but a program that had won national titles in recent years, that kind of thing. Um, got found out a bit last year, so it'll be the real test this year and next of actually how much he does have in the tank as a coach to be able to build a program because that's what he's been asked to do now is really be the they want him there long term, I assume, um, just as they had in the previous previous coach. You know, all these programs, the big ones, hope to get a coach in there for the long term to build a sustained run of success. So, you know, it's huge for yeah, like a constant. Um, everybody knows what's going on mm-hmm. with the uh, with the program. You know, these are probably the best Notre Dame years I've ever seen. Um, and Brian Kelly's been there for a long time, and that's just kind of how it goes. You need that longevity. That's why I think like. And he was almost out the door a few times when, you know, because Notre Dame's one of those programs that gets a lot of attention and a lot of scrutiny. And, you know, it's probably – it's good that they stuck through those times because it has – it does help with the recruiting and stuff um, to have that longevity because, you know, players trust that the coach is going to be there year on year and they're not going to have to deal with a coaching change. And, um, you know, and that's what we hope Cristobal is going to be with Oregon as well because they are getting pretty good recruiting in the last couple of years. Yeah, it's just going to be a bummer with that because I don't – I think they'll be a lot better this year, but I just don't think they're playoff material. Material And Herbert, you know, unfortunately isn't going to be able to take that team to where he wanted to. But yeah. um, probably still be the number one pick, and I could easily see the Ducks going 10-2 and two this year, winning mm-hmm. the Pac-12, but still being left out of the playoff. Ah, so. that, would, that, would be, that would be a great year for them to get back into that talk because then going into next year with the recruiting class they're going to have again, um, if you go 10-2, and two, win the Pac-12 championship, um, you know, that's building you up for, for the hopefully having the run next year depending on obviously someone else in at quarterback, but, you know, everything else going well. You know, college is one of those – college football is one of those weird games where if you're 
you can either have a great quarterback and not a great team and then everything comes together or you can have a great the recruiting they're doing it around around the quarterback on it and all the positions both on, on both sides of the ball seem to be really good so yeah see what happens I think what's really helping Oregon recently is just or uh, this year and beyond is how weak the Pac-12 is yeah. I can't, can't I can't believe how hard that uh, that conference has fallen off. I, I guess it really – it's kind of just dictated by when USC is good, you know, because either Oregon or Washington are going to be a pretty good team. Uh, but if USC is good, then that gives, you know, the Pac-12 a couple of powerhouses. But when USC is down a little bit, you know, the conference doesn't have a lot to lean on. Yeah, and the, and the conference flag. has some issues with how it's being run, I guess, at the moment too. We can – yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, I guess to wrap, that's just this just popped into my head as you're talking about the Pac-12 and its clout as far as when teams are big. And have you heard the thing about how they're gonna either this year or next have a big Pac-12 game? Like I think Oregon, Ohio State next year was rumored as one of next them year being a 9 a.m. Eastern time, so a 9 a.m. Pacific yeah. time kickoff. I was actually talking to an Ohio State fan last night, and he and I told, I pitched him that idea. Mm-hmm. It's like. Like, why wouldn't they just play it at four out there and seven out here? Like, yeah. what, like what, what's the problem with that? There must be other big games that day. But Oregon, Oregon, Ohio State's a huge game. They played in the national championship, like, five years ago. So mm-hmm. that's a huge game. Like, I don't know what they're thinking about that. I haven't read into that. I've seen you and Vince uh, tweeting about it. But I haven't read into it why they want to do that so much yet is it just to get like more people watching i think it's just i think it's just yeah i think it's just fox want a pac-12 noon game on the east coast but um as well then make it like colorado versus colorado state yeah it's just like don't make a powerhouse program play at 9 (laughs) a.m well particularly it's 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 completely shitting on the fans and everyone that actually the game day experience is a big part of college football and you would be asking people to Technically, because they say, you know, oh, car parks open four hours before the game. <laughs> so they're going to get out at five and start, drink, start drinking. I like, mean, they would. That, they I will, mean, but, you know, and then I think I mean, Vince said. Game well, day's been there before and people started drinking then. So. Oh, I was I was definitely at a game day at 6 a.m. Game day for Stanford, which my first big game was Andrew Luck. Um, yeah, just <laughs> bringing, <laughs> yeah, the, bringing the whole pod full circle. Um, the yeah. Andrew Luck game where they're up, up 21 to three and then Michael James came alive. Um, but yeah, I was definitely there at six a.m. Uh, drunk and uh, I uh, never and, and affected by other substances as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was Oregon. Yeah. I never got to uh, a game day ever when I was at Nebraska or Oregon. It's just valued sleep too much and yeah. alcohol the night before. <laughs> yes, but and I don't think Quinnipiac's going to get any game days anytime soon because. Uh, they don't have a football team, but <laughs> <laughs> that does seem to be a key key problem in the plan. There, <laughs> they have a top they have a top five hockey program, so that's cool. Oh, I guess I'm going to get into college hockey. hockey Whatever, hockey that's a whole game. different subject. <laughs> hockey game. Yeah. Hockey game day would be an interesting one to go to. Just that'd be cool, like yeah. John Bouchergras. Like, yeah. yeah, I need to get one of those college hockey hats now, but with the Quinnipiac colors. So. Yeah. College, ho- college hockey is super fun, actually. I, I always I mean, like watching Frozen Notre Four Dame's and stuff o- like Notre that. Notre Dame's always good. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Um, yeah. I went to East to go to a few Oregon games because Vince, again, he's yeah. a member of the pod's game. Was, was that club hockey? That was club hockey, just, but yeah. 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 Oregon won the Pac 8. I know year. Arizona State's like actually has a program that's like makes the tournament. Mm-hmm. So maybe the Pac 12 will get hockey. 
Yeah. But we're talking about football. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, yeah. What were we it's talking just about? Kind of all game over day. the place. Oh right yeah, now. we're talking about the uh, the start of the the game time start thing. Yeah, it it's fucking with the fans and everything like that, which is um you know, and it's the whole sport, you know, the business versus the fans thing that went that often happens that. Yeah, it's just it's complete. It's doing it all for the people on the east coast who just want to watch in bars and 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 the Fox people that want the money because I think it's something to do with Fox wanting the money. That so that that game I guess with money and advertisers and stuff I assume is going to be big. I don't. That's there must be some reasoning in there. I haven't read into it that much, and I'm not a TV executive. All comes down to the bottom line. Yeah, and that's the dollar sign as always. But mm-hmm. I, I I've certainly been to ele- I've been to eleven thirty kickoffs, and that's a tough ask because then. Yeah, I mean, Nebraska had 11 o'clock kickoffs all the yeah. time, and I was, you know, I was covering the game, so it wasn't as big of a deal, but you still have to wake up at super early and get there, you know, a couple hours early. Yeah. And, you know, fans are tailgating at, you know, 6 a.m., mm. like we talked about, so you're not <laughs> yeah. going to stop yeah. people from getting drunk on the weekends. No again, to bring, again, to bring up Vince, I remember him turning up, meeting at uh, a friend Joel's, Joel's house, Vince will, might remember this, but... I was the, I'd already been dropped off there and I was waiting for Vince to turn up and he turns up in his old the silver bullet as he called it, the old Ford Taurus and he's yeah. got, he's got a beanie <laughs> on and he cut, gets out with a you know a, a thermos cup which I think is coffee I say oh yeah you got the coffee and he's like no it's it's a mimosa in there <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's like eight a.m. because that's that's just what this does to you so you, you imagine pushing that game back to nine a.m. it's going to be even you know it's just yeah gonna, peep, the the functionality of Eugene is going to be at a, a non-existent on that Saturday. And I, I think eat. you can just, yeah. I mean, this is how washed I am. I, like, it scares me for seven o'clock kickoffs now. Like how, like people start drinking at like seven a.m. Mm-hmm. and like, like not be able to talk by the time kickoff is. And it's like, so do you care about? And I'm not. I'm using you know the pejorative you. I'm probably not even using that word right either. But <laughs> like. Do you want? Do you even care about the game, or you just want to party? You know what yeah. I mean. Like, like that's what's frustrating too. Is like, kind of college football culture is kind of just in NFL culture to that that point. Is like, do you even care, or do you just like the idea of getting around a bunch of people who think like you and getting hammered? Yeah, like, and I absolutely love it. It's getting... fine if you do that, but like, don't like get mad at players kneeling. Cause yeah. They, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because those can... points might be beside themselves, but in my head they make sense together. No, I, I kind of get what you mean. It's kind of like if you can't even see the flag through your beer goggles, then are you really even respecting it any more than the guy kneeling? That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, or if you're like during the national anthem going to get a beer, and yeah. not like still like why should you tell like I had a journalist say that to me at Memorial Stadium um, back when uh, the Kaepernick stuff was just starting. Um, she was just like. We were standing there listening to the anthem, and she was like, look at all these people moving. Look at everybody walking around. Look at, there's people wearing their hats still. It's like, and people are mad that he's kneeling. It's like, it's just a talking point when it comes down. It's just like left versus right is what it comes down to. And it's yeah. like the right flashed onto it so hard. And so it's like, yeah. So. And this is like when people say, like, keep your politics out of sports, and it's like, or stick to sports. It's like, well, politics and sports go hand in hand, just like politics and everything go hand in hand. They reflect our society, and so of course they're going to intermingle at some point. Yeah, which I'll bring up on the because we'll pause soon and record another pod that's be a bit more roundable focused, and that'll two parter. 
that'll 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 come up in there. But um, yeah, um, yeah, I love getting smashed at a game as good as as much as the next guy. But I like to remember the end of the game at least a little bit too. So, you know, I always grab my. I have plenty of beers at Port Adelaide games here and go to the cricket. Or when we were over in Europe last year, going a few soccer games, I grab the four pack of beers at Borough Dortmund Stadium. Well, you got to do that. That's just yeah. a good deal. <laughs> beer is so much cheaper in a German stadium than it is anywhere else. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's, you get a buzz on and that's part of the... But I do remember some Union Berlin fans. I was going to say walking in, but I was more falling into the stadium um, behind me. So <laughs> I've been there, man. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, it, it will be interesting to see what happens with the Pac-12 as they move forward because I think the Pac-12 isn't being run very well at the moment and... They might. I don't think it's ever been run very well, but I don't think a lot of these conferences are run very well. I know yeah. the Big 12 was a huge problem when Nebraska was in it. I think the Big 10s actually run really well, but I'm yeah. sure there's people that are mad about that too. Because they want, I guess they do Friday night games now, and people are pretty mad about that. I think Nebraska might have one this year, playing yeah. on a Friday night, yeah. which is not super conducive to kind of like we were all talking about um, the Sounders and Timbers playing on Friday night at 10 mm-hmm. p.m. Like, Who's that for? Why Why are we doing that? I know it's 7 on the West Coast, but who yeah. wants to go to a game on Friday night at 7 o'clock? I mean, an NBA game maybe. But. Yeah, I guess I guess culturally that's normal for me because Friday night football is a big thing for the Australian Football League here. Um, oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. No, it's Friday night. Um, the one of the big matchups of the year and everyone wants to get the Friday night match in their, um, in the in the uh, fixture at the start of the year. Cause it it's like Sunday night. Well, yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah, Sunday Sunday afternoon is the the shit fixture in Australian football. Like, if you get the four p.m. Sunday, everyone hates it because, you know, Australia being the smaller smaller population and stuff like that. Like, um, you know, particularly Adelaide teams hate it because all their fan base, a lot of it's coming from an hour away in in the country, and they got to get their kids back to get to bed for school on Monday, so they don't like going. Yeah, the four p.m. twilight fixture they call it is. Is the death fixture, isn't? It? It's, you know, the game they put yeah, the game that, put the game there that no one cares about. Essentially, that makes no sense to me uh, personally. But you know, different cultures. But yeah, it's just it's just Australia. Like being... closing out with like the the worst game of the week seems like a weird note to end on each week. Yeah. But I guess the NFL kind of does it with, on Monday night games. Haven't been good lately, mm-hmm. but I think that's just Sunday night games usually the best game of the week. But so maybe it's kind of the same. Yeah, no, it's just it's just different different uh different way the world runs in the upside down so yeah. <laughs> i mean college football predictions uh for the playoff clemson alabama georgia oklahoma again yeah, or not again I'm... i mean it's basically just the same mixed bag of t i don't think yeah, I mean, I don't have enough of an idea yet, but, you know, that's that, you just default to that. It's kind of like the Patriots with the NFL. You default to saying the Patriots will win it until someone comes out through better. Even last year, people were like, oh, Kansas City might do Oh, no, Patriots win it and beat them anyway. So. Then we'll overreact to everything. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a lot better idea. You know. It'll be like, no, I think, uh, I think uh, Texas will make the play. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'm like, just going to... Oregon's gonna... making the playoff if they beat Auburn. <laughs> They're like, the Pac- is the Pac-12 back? And it's like... Because Oregon beat Auburn in one game, yeah, I don't think yeah, so, yeah. No, if Oregon can somehow somehow miraculously run the table, it'd be interesting to see where they actually end up. Because they might still get frozen out of it, depending on how everyone else go, does anyway. So, because that's the Pac-12 just isn't viewed that well at the moment. I don't think they'd have to go undefeated to make the playoff. I that's think, what I mean. So they'd go undefeated, and then what? What if uh, Alabama 
Georgia, you know, Oklahoma, all those teams are undefeated as well. Um, strength of schedule, Oregon might still be the, the you know first one out kind of thing. Um, I can't. That's where the Pac-12 hurts you, but yeah, well, that's what I was saying. You know, Pac-12. But playing Auburn's a bit, you know, play, yeah. Play. I think Auburn smoked Washington last. Year. I don't know. It all blends together after a while. Yeah, <laughs> <You> get old. <laughs> Well, well, we'll have a chat about it again in a week or two and see where everything's at after the first few games. I'm going to try and watch a couple. I mean, I won't get to watch them live, but I'll see them on demand later um, this after this weekend. So uh, the Oregon-Auburn yeah. one I'll be able to see at least on delay because that'll be on ESPN here too, I think. So um, Notre Dame's on Monday night, so... Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. I'm guessing you don't have Labor Day down there? Uh, we do at a different time. Different day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, in, that's in October for us, so yeah. Oh, for real? Yeah. yeah. I, October long week. That was something weird going back to school is like forgetting how awesome it is that the, well, at Oregon, we started way later, but yeah. doing semesters again, it's like the second week of school, you have Monday off immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's an immediate three-day weekend, so it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, and that's the weirdest thing about school in America for me was that Easter isn't, a long, isn't as big a deal over there. We get it was when I when I was young, when we were younger, but I think. Did you ever get a four-day weekend? That's what we get here. Friday, um, Saturday, no. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, days. Monday is Easter's always a four-day weekend. Did you here. go to a religious school? Because religious schools get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. But I went to a religious school, but it actually doesn't matter. It's it's all it's the big like big weekend that everyone goes away. Like the closest parallel just to how people treat it would be Thanksgiving because you get four days off. So, and it is like. A- End of fall then for you guys? Uh, you uh, no, it's yeah, going into um, no, it's kind of in the middle of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so it's it kind of the last burst. Giving. You kind of get the last burst of good weather before you really start getting into the dog days of winter kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that was that was the weirdest thing. My first year of college in America, I got to Easter weekend. I was like, shit, yeah, four day weekend, and it's like, no, it's just a normal weekend. I went, fuck you. I get Yom really Kippur off at my college, so random Wednesday off. That's cool. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, that's great. Like it, days off in college. They like. give us way more days off here than um, Oregon did. I don't. I don't know what it, it's not a religious school, but it's non-denominational. Yeah. East Coast fit, man. Yeah, equality for all, and yeah. Least coast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll wrap this one up, and uh, I mean, you and me will be recording another one real quick. But as far as this one goes, it's uh, it's done. We'll talk football gridiron yeah. in a couple hopefully couple do this more often so we can get kind of like a steady back and forth going on, on topics and stuff like that yeah well it's strangely with your move it actually works out a tiny bit better with timing because you know this, a little bit this time works and know. i just wake up earlier because i'm not a, as much of a booze hound yeah <laughs> and i will see the, yeah and i can be a bit we'll bit see once the semester still. gets going yeah anyway until next time stay sports guys me key <laughs>